good evening everyone um we've had uh, one or two lectures on albert camus uh, the outsider uh, but that's been uh, quite a while ago uh, before the covid crisis so i just thought i'd uh, use uh, the podcast to be able to give you an introduction uh, to the novel and the novelist and then uh, also give you um, chapter wise summarization and then uh, probably after you listen to the um, podcasts we'll be able to have a google class where we can interact and um, ask questions and have discussions etc um so you would have noticed that uh, all the pieces on your syllabus have um the question of law and literature and uh, albert camus uh, novel the outsider also has an important question of murder uh, besides of course many other important questions uh this novel was written in 1942 and it's interesting to note that Albert Camus was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1957 uh, making him the second youngest to win the Nobel Prize for Literature at the age of 44 The book um The Outsider is a classic of 20th century literature and it expounds upon ideas which were Uh, you know very important uh, in a world in which albert camus was living at the time so we are going to understand uh, the character of mirsort who is um, the central character uh, often uh, you know referred to as the anti-hero and the way in which he uh, understands the world and everything that goes around him uh, is you know shown in this novel uh, in a very very unusual and yet in a very organized and a very systematic manner Uh, when i read uh, the the outsider i uh, always go to the afterward in which albert camus has you know sort of um summarized his entire ideas and almost given a kind of a justification for the manner in which he has created the character of mirsort so I just read from the afterward to be able to uh, understand how he wanted his character to have been perceived by the readers a long time ago i summed up the outsider in a sentence which i realize is extremely paradoxical in our society any man who doesn't cry at his mother's funeral is liable to be condemned to death i simply meant the hero of the book is condemned because he doesn't play the game in this sense he is an outsider to the society in which he lives wandering on the fringe on the outskirts of life solitary and sensual and for that reason some readers have been tempted to regard him as a reject but to get a more accurate picture of his character or rather one which conforms more closely to his author's intentions you must ask yourself in what way mirsort doesn't play the game the answer is simple he refuses to lie so this afterward uh, becomes a very important uh, preamble to the character of mirsort and we will understand him as we 
go through the chapters uh, because of the manner in which he has been created. Uh, the character of Mr. Wood is supposed to be representative and typifies the, uh, the philosophy of the absurd. And Mirsault is typically, uh, you know, an absurd hero. But what is an absurd hero and what is the philosophy of the absurd is something that we will understand as we go by. Although, putting it in very simple terms, Albert Camus had declared that Ymir Salt is a, an absurd hero because he lives in a universe that is essentially meaningless. And the meaninglessness is complicated. It's you know, made even more difficult because the human being has to find meaning in this meaningless world. And this itself is so paradoxical, is so ironical and is so difficult. And Albert Camus, when he talked about, um, you know, this meaninglessness, he often said, you know, that the universe is not meaningless and neither is man or a human being meaningless. It is only the interaction of the universe and the human being which produces this meaninglessness. So how does a character like Nessault understand his position in such a universe? How does he react? How does he, um, you know, take his decisions or how does he make up his mind about things? Are the things that we are going to be able to explore through an understanding of the text? The text is very slim and it's a book that can be read very uh, quickly, but yet it's very layered and it has to be understood in various ways to be able to really get to the bottom of the character of Mersault. So I begin with chapter one. Mother died today or maybe yesterday, I don't know. I had a telegram from the home. Mother passed away, funeral tomorrow, yours sincerely. That doesn't mean anything. It may have been yesterday." Unquote. The very opening lines of this first chapter have um, often put many critics to argue that Mirsort has already been declared as an anti-social cold-hearted monster because he does not know when his mother died. The fact of the matter remains that uh, the text is actually part of a telegram and he receives it from the old age home and uh, the telegram is quite ambiguous. It doesn't very clearly say when his mother died and he says that doesn't mean anything. It may have been yesterday. So the novel opens with the death and the death of the hero's mother and where she died in an old age home. So these very facts already put Mirsault into some kind of a category, a category of a person who quote-unquote threw his mother into an old age home, was never bothered about her, never went to see her, and now he's been called upon this important task of going for the funeral. He asks for leave from his boss, and his boss is unhappy to give him leave. And Mirsault says, I'm sorry, it's not my fault. Um, we do understand that by the time Albert Camus was, you know, uh, functioning and working, we already had a kind of a very mechanical office-style life in which people were only judged on the basis of, you know, their productivity and their output and human resource, etc. And his boss is not even happy to give him leave for his mother's funeral. But of course, he can't say anything because it's not something that he can refuse. And there we have 
mayor salt go on this journey uh, to the old age home which is a marengo old age home and uh, as we uh, spoke about uh, you know this in our uh, earlier classes he is from algiers and he has to travel in a very um, crowded bus on a very hot day uh, for the funeral and before the funeral for the vigil uh, it's often made out that you know uh, Mirsol did not care for his mother, but in the first chapter itself, there are many facts which go quite contradic uh, contrary to uh, this very idea. As soon as he reaches the old age home, he asks to see his mother, but the caretaker in um, the old age home makes Mirsol get involved in formalities of waiting, of signing, of papers, etc., and Mirsol immediately loses his interest in looking at his uh, mother's dead body. Uh, it's important to note that Mirsolt is very uh, sensual. He's very raw in his emotions. He doesn't hide anything. He doesn't cloak anything. And, uh, you know, when the caretaker asks, asks him to look at his mother's uh, face in the coffin, uh, he refuses. Because at the time that he had wanted to look at his mother, where he had those emotions to be able to react to her past. Remember, he's very sensual. He's a man who reacts to things in a manner in which uh, is very spontaneous and natural. Now, he has to wait for uh, the vigil, and the vigil is a procedure by which you uh, have to wait uh, over the dead body, I mean, either the entire night, generally it's the entire night, or for some hours, uh, before the funeral takes place the next day. For Mersault, the vigil is a very uncomfortable, a very boring, and a very tedious affair. He wants to, uh, you know, drink a coffee, he wants to smoke a cigarette, and at one point he asks himself, I don't think mother would be happy if she saw me smoking. And um, although he does drink coffee and he, you know, chats with the caretaker, and these uh, actions of Mirthold would otherwise conventionally be considered to be very, um, you know, cold. Uh, unconventional, hard-hearted, and probably even blasphemous, you know, as though it's going against God, against religion. And whenever he's sitting during this vigil, he feels he's actually being judged by the upper people of the old age home. Uh, it's interesting that his mother, you know, she had made a very good friend here called Thomas Perez, and in fact people teased her with Thomas Perez, and they said that she was, um, you know, uh, her his fiance. And uh, Albert Camus, when he listens and when he thinks about it, he says that probably mother was also looking to make peace with her own life at this time, the evening of her life, and he understood how um, it must have been a new life for her, uh, and she was also looking for happiness. Uh, it's also interesting to note that, um, you know, Mersault put his mother in an old age home because he couldn't afford a nurse for her. He uh, couldn't spend that much of time for her, uh, with her because he was engaged with office work and he found that there were a lot of silences between him and his mother and his mother used to spend most of her time uh, being very quiet. Um, you know, Albert Camus' own mother, uh, you know, she was hearing impaired and he, during his childhood also, he had uh, spent a lot of time with his mother in great silences. So some, uh, you know, autobiographical elements also come into the novel. Now, when the 
Now, Vigil is over, he's very sleepy and he finds this whole um, activity very shallow. He finds it very, very, um, uh, like most rituals, you know, beyond any kind of explanation. And he's very surprised when the caretaker tells him that his mother had expressed a wish to have a religious funeral. And he's very uh, amazed because all uh, of his mother's life, he never saw, he never found that she was religious at all. So probably he's even discovering new things about his mother, which he knew um, for over that period of time when she was living in the old age home. Uh, <clears throat> the next day after the vigil is over, it's time for the funeral. And the funeral is also a hurried affair. It's very hot there. They have to take the body quickly. And what is... Uh, Mirsalt doing during this time, uh, during the vigil, during the funeral, he's observing everything. He observes the size of the hearse, which is a vehicle which carries the dead body. He finds it to be like an oblong, shiny pencil box. He looks at the walls of the house where you know, the dead body is laid. He observes the characteristics of the old people in the old age home, their dentures, their flabby um, paunches, the funny sounds that they make when they breathe. And he observes everything almost as though he is detached and he's observing like an outsider. Everything seems to be strange to him and yet interesting. He observes with great detail and there is no judgment that's passed. There are no personal comments that he makes. Everything is almost like journalistic uh, entries in a diary, you know, almost like a report that is written. Uh, during the funeral, the only person from the old age home who was allowed to go is Thomas Perez because he was, as I said, uh, you know, uh, called the fiancé of um, uh, uh, Mrs. Mersold. So he's allowed there and he goes by a shortcut, he limps, but yet he makes it and he even faints during the funeral. Uh, observe the difference in the attitude of Mersold and Thomas Perez. Thomas Perez, emotional, sad, almost hysterical, whereas Mersold completely um, unmoved and he just wants uh, to get over with the funeral. Uh, there's an interesting um, uh, quote, you know, that he makes uh, um, by the end of the uh, chapter and it is about a nurse, you know, who uh, says something which is uh, very akin to the philosophy of the absurd. She says, uh, you know, uh, if you go slowly, you risk getting sunstroke, but if you go too fast, you perspire, and then in the church, you catch chill. She was right, there was no way out. So whether you walked fast or whether you walked slowly, you were either going to end up in a sunstroke or you were going to end up with a chill. So it's very much like the philosophy of the absurd, the meaninglessness of life where you're caught between two um, you know, decisions to make which are equally meaningless, which are equally uh, irrational, futile to be able to understand. And Mirsault is sort of making a very clear assessment of everything, even though, as I said, he's not judgmental, he doesn't pass any comments, but he's very, very happy to be able to get over with the funeral. And uh, by the end of the funeral, he's almost dazed in this heat, you know, <coughs> excuse me, in this kind of 
flurry that's going on and he found that the funeral took place and it was over even before he imagined uh, we would also you know observe that the role of the sun is a very important role that is played in the novel throughout and the sun is shining very brightly that's the time when the funeral takes place <coughs> excuse me and uh, uh, this is how <coughs> the excuse me the chapter ends then there was the church and the villagers in the street the red geraniums on the tomb in the cemetery Paris fainting like a dislocated dummy look at the language the blood red earth tumbling onto mother's coffin the white flesh of the roots mixed in with it more people voices the village the wait outside a cafe the incessant drone of the engine and my joy when the bus entered the nest of lights which was algiers and i knew i was going to go to bed and sleep for a whole 12 hours so just look at the last or the closing sentence of the chapter it begins with the funeral and how the funeral begins and ends very quickly and then he's sitting in a bus and he's driving out to algiers and the excitement he has of going home and sleeping for a good long 12 hours there's nothing about the sorrow of losing his mother and he is a very practical man he looks at things in a very matter of fact manner and he observes that yes now my mother's death is a death now you know after the funeral after the registrations after the uh, formalities he seems to have understood that his mother or his mother has passed away from the realm of the coffin and the cemetery to another world and we're going to see in subsequent chapters that he misses mother you know unlike um, how a lot of critics make him out to be a monster who doesn't cry at his mother's funeral um he is going to be made out to be a man who does remember his mother but then he does not remember his mother properly in very conventional or in very socially acceptable terms because remember at the bottom of it mersort is a man who does not play the game so um thank you in my next uh, podcast i'll be taking up the subsequent chapters so um good uh, study hard and uh, make the best use of your time thank you